0: I received an email from Uber Eats. We saw that you rejected a lot of orders. Do not reject many because it's going to affect negatively on your on your account and your performance.
1: You know, if the algorithm makes a decision about your future, it's final.
2: Hello, and welcome back to Take a Left. I'm Alex White and we're talking about platform workers' rights. As we were about to release this podcast, there was yet another judgement against Uber, as the Brussels Court of Appeal effectively banned the service from the Belgian capital. The platform companies like Uber, Uber Eats, Deliveroo essentially employ workers, but they don't want to call them that or give them established workers' rights. Today we're taking a deep dive into working conditions in these companies and what can be done to improve them. We're talking about what it's like to start out on a new job, make a good salary for the first two months, and then find yourself losing money and second-guessing the whims of an unknowable algorithm. We're also talking about what the situation should be. That's where Agnes Jocherius comes in. Agnes is a trade unionist and member of the European Parliament who is at the forefront of the fight for platform workers' rights. Firstly, what's it like being a delivery rider? I spoke with Carlos, who moved from Spain to Belgium and started working for Uber Eats about the work involved and how the platform treats its riders. Hi, Carlos. How's it going? Hello. How are you? Okay. How much do you earn per trip?
0: Uh, Well, per trip, you earn €5. For me, it never varied. And since February, uh, they introduced a new tax. (laughs) Because uh, before, you earn €6,000 a year in Uber Eats. Uh, before you were exempted from paying taxes. And uh, from February, they introduced a new tax uh, to make uh, Uber drivers pay 10% until they earn the 6,000 euros a year, in which case they are obliged to register as an independent worker and pay their taxes. So it's a bit less than 5 euro because you're paying that tax.
2: And what's the work like?
0: Work is uh, hard because uh, life as a rider uh, is hard, basically. You, are, you don't feel safe because you're not too well protected by any kind of contract Uber gives you. Uh, you are dependent on, on the climate, the, the, the weather. And you have to do everything yourself. And it's, again, like going to a gym for several hours a day. Like, it's not something that you can easily do for several hours in a row.
2: Okay, so in terms of starting up, what do you need to do? Could, could I start tomorrow? Maybe,
0: actually. <laughs> um, first, you need to register in the app. And that takes a little bit because uh, they need to verify your documents. But apart from that, um, as long as you have um, a bike, you need to get your own bike uh your own equipment this is if you want the whole uh, phone holder you need it if you want the deli- delivery bag you need to buy it the official one that Uber Eats sells by the way is 60 euros on their website so i just got uh, one off of uh, <laughs> facebook marketplace and um if you want a helmet Well, it's obliged, so um, (laughs) you need to buy it yourself as well. The helmet uh, and the phone holder uh, were, I think, 20 euros, and then the bag was indeed off of Marketplace. I got it half off.
2: Okay, so before you can start earning money, you have to spend about 140 euros or something.
0: More or less, yes, Uh, given you don't have, you know, your own bike or helmet.
2: Yeah, okay. And so you're making five, five euros a trip, more or less, how many trips can you can you do in a day
0: well depends on the day and um but usually uh, it was always between 10 and 20 and uh but yeah it depends uh the high demand hours are of course uh, lunchtime and dinnertime uh back then we still had the curfew so um, the delivery hours were cut off at 10 p.m uh so you had to really like (laughs) <laughs> rush in your work hours otherwise you would run out of orders and uh, the weekends were high demand in general so uh, of course it's better to work on the weekends if you need more money
2: yeah and it's just crazy to me that it's five euros a trip and your trip can be anywhere between 200 meters and, and a few kilometers
0: yeah, I mean the radius. Uh, sometimes it seemed like it had no end <laughs> because uh, I want to believe like the radius of delivery for a restaurant uh, for Uber Eats is five kilometers, if I'm not wrong. But I've delivered longer, so I'm not sure. But yeah, it didn't matter if it was like right around the corner or uh, on the other corner of the city. It's uh, it was five years per delivery, and of course, if you go all the way to a. Neighborhood in the outskirts where there's only houses. Well, if you want an order, you have to come back to the restaurant area. So, not only the time that takes you to go there, but also the time that takes you to come back. Well, you're kind of counting the deliveries per hour. And if you only get one delivery, that's five euros less than five euros per hour that you've earned. It doesn't feel great. <laughs>
2: Okay. And you can reject journeys or choose journeys if you don't want them. Is that correct?
0: The ones that um, I started to see, okay, I really do not want to take this one. Uh, It's super far away. It's raining already. Like, I don't want to take her. After, I think it was the fourth, the fifth one, I received an email from Uber Eats (laughs) saying, um, oh, hello. So we saw that you rejected a lot of orders. And I was like thinking, okay, I've done... Tens and tens and hundreds probably by this point. Uh, I've rejected five. Like, <laughs> I do not understand. So, yeah, they tried to contact me saying, hey, uh, do not reject many because it's going to affect um, negatively on your on your account and your performance so yeah but later speaking with uh, other friends that also did it (laughs) i found out that you can just ignore it and that way it doesn't count as rejected so yeah
2: it's enough to make you worried
0: yeah like i need money (laughs) and the only app that's giving me money is telling me hey uh, this may affect you
2: and so as you recently arrived in belgium how did it work out with health insurance and things like that
0: well, no, um, it was uh, it was, uh, a mess, and it's still very slow.
2: So you want to register with the local municipality, the commune, indeed, and indeed. you need to, to do what? And what do they say to you?
0: Basically, they were very confused, because uh, I tried to register as a worker, but they didn't know what kind of worker I was, because I'm not a salaried worker, that's for sure. But I didn't earn €6,000 uh, a year yet, because I was starting. So uh, I wasn't an independent worker either and uh, the administration was uh, themse- were themselves like confused about it and they didn't know how to register
2: me. They just couldn't work it out.
0: If you're a rider for Uber Eats, the whole administration uh, I think is a no. What
2: does that mean for you with health insurance?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if you are not registered in Belgium, you cannot get uh, proper health insurance. You cannot apply to uh, mutualities. You cannot apply to banks. You cannot apply to basic things that uh, you need to to make your life here. And of course, like uh, the the coverage that Uberitz gives you uh, by contract, if you can call it that, um, is by far uh, not
2: sufficient. And
0: um, yeah.
2: And what kind of things do they do? They give you in that kind of coverage?
0: Well, basically, they will only cover something if you're actively uh, on duty, like if you're actively on, um, on a ride. Doctors in Belgium um, charge you directly, <laughs> and uh, I had to pay full price for everything, basically. I truly felt like I was coming from a different continent, and I needed uh, all the papers necessary to show everywhere, and... Uh, <laughs> in my head right like it should be easy I'm, I'm a European citizen uh, I should indeed have this right to, to work anywhere in the EU with uh, without any problems and therefore I should be allowed to to just leave and register and do my life anywhere in the European Union and as an Uber driver that's a different story.
2: So just to confirm you you tried to register and you weren't able to and you couldn't get health insurance but they're still charging you some taxes.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, I I was paying taxes. I was paying 10% tax. I don't know where, because again, the coverage is minimum. And I don't know why, because I couldn't be registered that way. So that percent tax helped Uber, I
2: guess. (laughs) And I think if someone's listening to this podcast, hopefully, if they've listened this far, they're the socially conscious kind of person, and they're gonna be thinking, should I have a burrito on Uber Eats now? Um, should people be using Uber Eats, Deliveroo? Should people be getting Ubers?
0: Well, me, myself, I still use it. It, it is a convenient thing. It, it, it is a convenient service. But, of course, yes, people should order. People should tip the riders, absolutely, especially knowing it's hard to earn money. But, yes, people should also demand a change for these companies as a society, because it is possible, a different model. It is possible, and it should be possible. Because if it's not, then are we just going to accept any company that comes just because it offers jobs? No, like we should hold companies to a standard, oblige them basically to treat workers the same way as any other worker in the country.
2: And what would you have the government do, if it's Belgium or the EU? I mean, I,
0: I think I would just, not allow them to have the kind of contracts they have and either give writers a full salaried contract because they're a full salary uh, they should be a full salary worker it's the same company we're working for and it's uh, several hours a week I, I, like i truly i truly don't know why they don't normal do normal contracts i don't think it's crazy i don't think it's crazy
2: carlos thank you so much for speaking with us oh thank you very much After speaking to Carlos, I spoke to Agnes Jongerius, who is leading the fight to change things for platform workers. She's joined by Steph, a driver and activist. Agnes, it seems like rights for workers that we secured decades ago are in question. When did you first start to realise the platform workers were slipping through the cracks?
3: In the early 90s, you saw that big truck companies trying to reduce their labour costs by forcing their drivers to buy their truck and then keep working uh, for uh, the same company, but then as being a uh, self-employed person. And so the issue of self-employed, bogus self-employed, real workers, was all of the time uh, on the trade union agenda. These new platforms, they just from the start said, but these are not our workers. We are not even a taxi company or a food delivery company. We are just an IT service company and the people who work for us are just partners. And they also presented themselves as being, we are the new uh, reality. We are the 21st century and when you are talking about labor relations or labor contracts, you're just old-fashioned. You don't get it that in the new time people want flexibility
2: They consider themselves technology companies, right? But there's no technology, it's just an app.
3: It's just an app and they have this algorithm uh, with which they uh, work. The people working for the platform don't really get a grip uh, on it. I think for the trade union movement, for the social democrats, the fact that people are treated equally uh, and that you don't want... People being favoured by the system, while others are uh, war not, that big friends with the boss uh, uh, were uh, put uh, last in uh, in line. People definitely have the idea uh, that uh, if you are behaving nicely to the boss, you'll get a better task. And of course, the platform is designing the algorithm.
2: I remember that when Uber first came on the scene, people argued that it was better for drivers because there was no cronyism, the ride just goes to the nearest driver. But now you know that's not true.
1: No, no, no. Because uh, uh, you know the algorithm it works in a very uh, weird way. So, for instance, you know, if you would start driving for Uber, uh, the first, uh, well, let's say four to six weeks, uh, you know, you're you're making really good money. And all of a sudden, you know, the algorithm, uh, it's you know, uh, they, I don't know what happens in the algorithm, but it makes sure that you need to you need to start working uh, a lot longer to to reach the same turnover or. Let's say to get like in the area of the turnover and to make a decent, uh, decent living, you know, you're asking yourself, you know, like, what am I doing wrong now? Maybe I should, you know, make, make longer days, get up earlier, you know, you're being totally, come totally in, in this grip of this algorithm, which tells you, you know, now you have to go there, you have to go there. This is what you're getting paid. And, you know, it's a, it's a very rigid, a rigid way of managing uh, people and that's also a thing with Uber.
2: And let me ask how is it for Uber drivers to organize? Is there a union? I know you organize a strike. How's it how's it going over in the Netherlands?
1: They are independent uh, contractors and for us it's it, it has been quite difficult to organize all the drivers because People know how the app works. People know how the algorithm works. So uh, there were a massive amount of uh, drivers uh, who were afraid to actually come to the strike because they said, you know, if we're going to the strike, the Uber app will see that I will be there and, you know, I have a family to feed. I cannot take the risk, you know, that Uber sees uh, me striking and that they'll... Put like a red X uh, behind my name. The thing is, you know, that, that's a feeling. Uh, you know, we've asked Ur about this. And of course, you know, they will deny it and say like, this is not uh, the case. But, you know, the, the scare, it's 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 a real one.
3: In ordinary, uh, if I may use the word, ordinary taxi companies, uh, the amount of trade union members isn't as high as, for instance, in public transport uh, or, let's say, uh, in the railway sector. So this is has always been a difficult sector to organize. Uh, but here, uh, uh, indeed, the fear of how the algorithm is going to treat uh, you if you uh, show your willingness uh, to. To ask for better working conditions uh, uh, is a real one. Uh, I do remember that uh, uh, Steph contacted me via the social media uh, when they were preparing the strike, if I could be of some advice. Uh, uh, And with the strike, uh, when uh, this was happening in uh, in Amsterdam, we also uh, went inside the headquarters. It's the European headquarters in Amsterdam. A simple question. Because I think it's a simple question. Can we please have an overview of what uh, average Uber working is earning? Because uh, they were claiming outside some people have difficulties to make end meets uh, uh, and some even don't uh, reach the minimum wage level. Uh, 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 although working uh, full-time or even more than uh, full-time. And Uber was claiming, yes, but this is just an exemption. Uh, You haven't talked to the right people. Uh, These are the people making trouble. Uh, So uh, if you are doing your best, it's so easy to earn far above minimum wage but they were not prepared to give us the data uh, which shows us what was really uh, happening. So there is fear. I think this is uh, what TEF was very successful in bringing people together in a combined conversation about labor conditions at Uber. Uh, and even if we confronted the uh, management of Uber with the data we thought uh, were facts, they were simply denying it and didn't give any uh, information, and then said, "Oh, this is all uh, privacy. We cannot give you this information."
2: And do you think that those difficulties in organising as a union or collectively have contributed to the continuation of the precarity of workers until now?
3: Yeah, but but, but also in combination, like there have been a, a few court cases uh, in the Netherlands, but also elsewhere. And let's me say from my. Previous trade union's experience, every now and then you had a court case um, uh, uh, against an employer. Uh, and if you, as a trade union, uh, won this uh, court case, the management, not happily, uh, but... Uh, changed their policies and brought these better conditions to the whole working community. Here we have companies with a large amount of money available for top-notch lawyers. And even if they they lose a case uh, of a worker who is willing to go to court, they just say, okay, we're going to appeal. And by the way, even if we lose The case of uh, Mr. X or Mrs. I, we are not going to change our policy. Uh, We just keep waiting till the next one is coming, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. So they are having this deliberate policy uh, in trying to keep their business model afloat for as long as possible. Uh, And I think the only way uh, we can really make uh, a difference is by changing the social legislation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely,
2: yeah. Let's talk about changing the social legislation in a minute, but I want to ask a little bit more about what the reality of working as a driver is. How does it work? I asked how many rides you've had today. What happens when you have no customers? Is there any kind of guaranteed income? No, no,
1: absolutely absolutely not. This is also a little bit of a tricky thing because... um, when you're a new driver and you go to the onboarding uh, session of uh, Uber, they will uh, picture these like uh, like very, very juicy uh, figures, you know. They'll say like, okay, if you'll start working for us for about 40 hours a week and you drive uh, between 6 in the morning and 10 in the morning and from 4 in the afternoon until 8 in the evening, you can make as much as one thousand five hundred euros, and for the first four to six weeks, you know that's extremely correct because uh, that's actually the money you're making. But then, you know, when they've reeled you in, they're they're slowing it down quite uh, quite a bit. Where you know you're working. 12 maybe 14 uh, hours uh, of getting like maybe just a little bit more than half of that uh, figure and what is also uh, what's also very much bothering is that uh, there's like this rating system so you know like when you do a fair the customer gave you uh, up from one until five stars but the thing is if you do not get five stars so like let's say four stars or lower there's this constant worry you know like did I did I do my job uh, correctly will there be a customer who has a bad day and will they file a complaint against me about like some some small minor thing and when that happens uh, you know uber just uh, blocks driver indefinitely which well, you know creates a whole lot of well world of pain for the driver because uh, they're being cut off from their, you know, their main source of income. They have a very expensive uh, taxi uh, to pay for, it. but then Uber takes it away. And, you know, that's also uh, the thing, you know, if the algorithm uh, makes a decision about your future, it's final. So there's no appeal possible uh, whatsoever. You know, they just cut you off from the from the platform and that's it. And that's also, you know, something, uh, something which worries people a lot because they feel like fundamental rights are being uh, taken taken away from them also you know because platforms are like something like very new you know there's not like a legislation uh, yet which uh, can totally control or like let's say keep keep the platforms in check
2: and will this model come for other sectors how long until we are all platform workers
3: What's happening now in food delivery and taxi driving and in the cleaning sector? You could also do this for the whole care sector Uh, or, uh, for instance, in the retail sector. uh, When I'm just uh, entering in the app uh, that I'm available to sit uh, in a shop between this and that hour, why would you need a retailer to take the responsibility of an employment relationship? You could do this. Uh, in, in large parts of the, uh, uh, of the economy, and I think this is also the danger. Huh? Uh, there are already, already quite a lot of people all over Europe working uh, via a platform. You could organize the complete cleaning sector this way, uh, or the complete retail or logistics, or, uh, and then this is stripping large amounts of people uh, from their workers' rights. Their social benefits, and it's stripping them also just the public funding uh, because not paying taxes, uh, taking a part in the social benefits uh, uh, schemes. Uh, this is really a danger. In general, I like my work, uh, and in general, I'm enjoying my work. Uh, but every now and then, you just have a bad day. Huh? Uh, and if this would lead then to a, a bad rating and just stripping you of your employment possibilities this is really this is really scary this is really scary
1: I totally agree what, uh, what Agnes uh, said and what I also think is very important to realize is that these platform companies, they always try to sell their story as, uh, you know, we're innovative. But do not forget that a platform like Uber, they're not here, you know, to help urban mobility. They're not, uh, they're not here uh, to make um, well, to, uh, to a more sustainable uh, world by getting people out of their cars and into shared taxis. They're only here for themselves and, uh, you know, trying to trying to make a lot of money, you know, over the backs of uh, hard workers, uh, people people who, are, who have families to feed. And what they actually they do is they uh, push all the responsibilities and the liabilities off to the people they call partners, uh, whereas, you know, they collect a very substantial uh, commission. And like Agnes said, uh, they're dodging, you know, their social... Um, Uh, their social duties and
2: taxes. And that's the only thing that can be done is for governments and perhaps the EU to legislate. Are there any positive examples of of national governments doing things already?
3: So the Spanish have introduced a law in which food delivery is now being considered, uh, everyone considered uh, as a worker. Uh, So they are also uh, sending the tax uh, uh, officers to these companies uh, uh, forcing them to pay their uh, taxes. Uh, uh, and this is uh, only, of course, in one sector. Uh, uh, but I think it's you can see that everyone is struggling. You have to fight as a very, let's say, humble worker uh, against this huge battery uh, uh, of well-paid uh, law firms paid by the United States investors. And therefore, I'm happy that now also the European Commission, because we have been pushing them, uh, uh, designing legislation uh, to uh, indeed work on better working conditions for the platform workers.
2: Okay, so what can the EU do? Does the EU even have competence in this area?
3: Um, uh, Yes, I think uh, uh, you can have uh, competence because uh, uh, perhaps we are forgetting this, but if you have a system where you don't pay taxes uh, uh, and you don't take any responsibility for your workers, you're creating a huge unfair market uh, with the traditional uh, uh, um, um, uh, companies who are doing their business uh, in the more traditional uh, way and uh, uh, you know protecting uh, fair uh, conditions on the internal market in uh, uh, in Europe is a EU competence uh, but I think uh, also from the social side uh, we could push uh, so not only disturbing uh, of the internal market but also, uh, uh, what's happening to our uh, labor markets, uh, uh, our um, tax systems and our social contributions gives us a, an angle to, uh, to push for legislation. Uh, and here um, it's clear that the European Parliament uh, already wrote in a report uh, that we should turn the tables uh, and say to this platform, as of now, everyone who's working for the platform is on your pay list, unless uh, you can make it clear uh, uh, and provide the data why people are generally uh, self-employed. Uh, and we're calling this the rebuttable assumption of an employment relationship, uh, uh, because I think this is uh, indeed the most unfair thing that a separate uh, uh, worker should fight these big legal teams uh, of these platforms and being on their own instead of uh, joining forces. Uh, And the next thing uh, we are pleading for, uh, I think uh, the the workers for the platform really deserved the chance of inside knowledge of these algorithms uh, because they are deciding upon their daily life uh, and they are collecting a lot of data uh, on this individual uh, 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 persons working for the platforms. So I think they are entitled to have ownership uh, of this data uh, and have at least insights in how these algorithms are working.
2: Thanks. And, and just to go back a little bit, what is it that you're specifically working on right now to improve the lives of, of Uber drivers, of, of, of delivery workers?
3: We put this uh, proposal on the table on this from the side of the European Parliament, asking for this rebuttable assumption of an employment relation and uh, uh, asking uh, for a, a clear ruling around uh, the algorithms. Um, uh, I know this is, of course, also a debate inside the European Commission because there are, uh, let's say, Uh, people who are really fans of this uh, uh, new systems, who are more or less inclined to follow this this very appealing storyline. We are new, we are the future, uh, work with us, we are inclusive, etc., etc. So uh, we keep pushing, pushing, pushing for legislation uh, because, uh, uh, like I said, Uh, If people are generally self-employed, good luck with that. Uh, But uh, uh, like uh, uh, I think in more than one court case, uh, 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 it has already been clear that uh, if the algorithm is deciding upon everything, uh, uh, if the workers... Are uh, depending uh, on uh, their uh, uh, for their livelihood uh, on the task the algorithm is designing to uh, to them. That's uh, uh, they cannot decide uh, about the fee uh, or uh, the contribution they want to make to the platform. It's all done automatically. Uh, That uh, uh, is what the judges have uh, already ruled. This looks like an uh, employment relationship. It smells like an employment relationship. It talks like an employment relationship. So perhaps it's just an employment relationship. Uh, uh, And I think this should be the content uh, uh, of new legislation. Let's turn the table. Uh, Let's now uh, get even and give people who will work for the platform the chance uh, of really uh, building their own economic future.
2: So thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. It was fun being on.
3: Thanks for the invitation.
2: As you've heard, platform workers have extremely precarious working conditions. Agnes is leading our work to change that. And as she made clear, workers' rights can't be wished for or politely requested. They must be won and secured through social legislation. Thanks for listening to Take a Left. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe or follow. Take care.